thank you once again for listening to this Bible Track broadcast. Once again, we are coming to you from a special place with a special guest. I have with me my dad, Chris McCurry, in the car. If you can believe it, we are recording in the car. And so you might notice a faint background noise as we drive crisscross the country. Uh, my dad's tagging along. I have the privilege of serving as an evangelist. And so the opportunity, uh, I think I crossed through four states over the last uh, four days. I'm going into my fifth state here shortly. And so a great opportunity to serve the Lord. And I'm excited to share this one with my dad. Uh, my dad, Chris McCurry, uh, was on the broadcast yesterday and talked about his salvation testimony. If you missed that broadcast at the conclusion of this one, go back and listen to it. You can find it on the Bible Tracks Inc. Facebook page or YouTube page, wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Bible Track Echoes. You'll find it there. But today, normally on Tuesdays of the broadcast, we do a segment called Beyond the Tracks, where we talk about things that are happening at BTI, at Bible Tracks Incorporated, that are not directly related to tracks. Well, today, we're going way beyond the track. We're outside the office, we're in a car, uh, the sun's setting over there, we're being very safe as we drive, I do promise. Um, it, I have my hands on the steering wheel, I'm not holding a camera, and so if my wife's listening right now, just know I'm being very safe. But anyway, we talked about my dad's salvation testimony, and we kind of stopped right about where you had not yet quite really gotten serious with the woman that became that has become my mother and so maybe we should start there and to recap you were saved january 8th 1989 you accept jesus you accepted jesus christ as your personal lord and savior and if we pick up right there what happens next okay well if you want to go back and uh i was actually um your mom and i uh were actually stationed together we were in the same unit in Seoul, South Korea. It was a maintenance unit in the United States Army. Um, we were assigned there six days apart, and because of that, we sort of hung out together as newbies in the organization. And I wasn't saved at the time. Uh, your mom was saved. Your mom was actually one of the first members of the Yongsan Baptist Fellowship. Um, that was the name of the organization that met on the uh, base we did not call it a church when it met on the base because of the rules that the chaplains had. So Youngstown Baptist Church actually met once a month in Brother Mike Hall's living quarters. Um, his family uh, lived there on the base. And so that's when actually the church came together and that's where we would pay our tithes and our missions. Um, but if we passed an offering plate in the chapel, then we had to give some of the church offering to the chapel and that was contrary to the direction that we wanted to go. So Yongsan Baptist Fellowship met in the chapel and the Yongsan Baptist Church met once a month more as a business meeting. But your mom was one of the first members and she invited me and as I shared yesterday I came first and uh, videotaped a Christmas cantata. Um, then fast forwarding a few weeks I got saved on January 1989 and then uh, became very faithful going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then we had a midweek service. Um, and Brother Hall uh, discipled me one-on-one -on -one for probably a year. Uh, and I was very thankful for that, uh, to get grounded very quickly uh, and very well as a brand new Christian. And then about a year and a half after getting saved in the summer of 
1990, um, your mom and I were reassigned and we got went back stateside to Aberdeen Proving Ground, Maryland. And that was the start of um, moving every couple years through the military. And I've always thought as God was my assignment officer and making sure that we got right to the right assignment to be in the church that he wanted us to. And then we were very active, your mom and I both, um, various different ministries. After the assignment there in Aberdeen, Maryland, we went to Fort Hood, Texas, to the Victory Baptist Church in Compress Cove, Texas, and that's where we learned to be soul winners. Uh, we also got involved with a bus ministry there, um, and really learned there as young Christians to build your life around the church. Uh, during that assignment, Micah, was where you were born in 1992, um, and I can think back and as I try to even uh, mentor and counsel young couples in our church, um, I've used the example how we realized that you came to live with us and we did not change our schedule. We did not stop going to church. Uh, during that time there for three and a half years at Fort Hood, uh, we were soul winning every week. We were faithful to three services. If there was a missions conference or a revival, we were there every night. Uh, we were also in a building program during that time. Uh, I also helped maintain the bus fleet. Um, when we started, we had two buses, and then we ended up having, I think, five buses before we left. Um, and you were drug along right along with us, and I don't think you were any worse for the wear. Um, I think because of that, you understood the importance of building your life around the church. And uh, we never stopped doing anything just because we had a little one at home. And so, uh, it was a great experience for us, and then when uh, subsequently a few years later, um, Caleb, your next brother was born, and then a few years after that, Ethan was born, and uh, regardless of what was going on at the church, we were always there, um, and you guys never hindered that. Um, instead, I think you really just learned the responsibility it is to serve the Lord in a local church ministry. Absolutely, and if we can pause there for just a moment, there's so many application points and so many things, of course, uh, that the Genesis began there. So many things that I began to learn as a young person, as a little child, of course. And But if we can focus for a second on something you didn't quite you didn't mention a whole lot of, but you had the uh, a single soldier's ministry that I think you were a part of there. And just talking about legacy, and um, as I mentioned, we are actually on the road. And so if you hear the 18-wheeler next to us, that's why there's a whole lot of background noise. So I greatly appreciate the fact that you are bearing with us. Um, this was a great opportunity, having four hours on the road, my dad and I, to do this recording. And so hopefully you can hear us all right. But uh, the single soldiers ministry and the application point that, that I'd like to draw from that is that there are men that were in that single soldiers ministry that you can talk about in just a moment that are serving God now because of investments you made. And, and yes, uh, praise God, your, your sons, myself, my brother Caleb and Ethan, we all attend good Bible-believing churches and we, we our desire is to serve God with our life. But you weren't just family-oriented. Like you said, you send your life around the church and investing in others. And one example of that was single soldiers ministry. Yeah, the, starting off in the bus ministry, actually I was a fill-in bus driver. And I said, well, I'm going to go out on bus calling on Saturday because I wanted to know where I was going to have to navigate the bus. And I can tell you the Lord worked in my heart that very first Saturday just to see the conditions of these boys and girls that we were going to pick up the next day, the Lord started to work on my heart. And then uh, I got my CDL. Uh, this is back around 1992. 
and started driving a bus. Then the opportunity was to start the soldier ministry. We actually had a bus dedicated directly for our soldier ministry. Um, and if you're not familiar with a military base, they usually put the gymnasiums centered around where the soldiers are typically living to make it convenient for them to go and play basketball or go to weight rooms. And so rather than running it as a traditional bus ministry and knocking on doors um, and picking soldiers up every Sunday, we actually had a bus schedule much like a city bus and we would hit each of the nine different gyms that were located there on Fort Hood. Fort Hood is the largest army base uh, the U.S. Army has. And so there was nine gyms. And so from that, we started very small. But I remember Ron Reeder was one of our first um, uh, riders. Um, Danny Lambert was another one. Dave Stolpa was another one. And these young men not only just started coming to church, but they actually started getting involved. Uh, I can remember many times that they would call me on Friday afternoon realizing that there was really nothing godly or holy going on in the barracks. And so they would call me on Friday afternoon and say, Brother McCurry, would you come pick me up? And so these young men wanted to get out of the environment so bad that they would come and stay at our house for the weekend. Um, they would always uh, enjoy playing around with you because you were just an infant at the time. But if the yard needed to be mowed, they would help with that. Uh, they would not just work on the soldier ministry, but they were a great labor uh, source to help throughout the church, whether it's working on the buses, whether it's doing maintenance at the church, helping on a different bus ministry. And several of those young men that started with the soldier ministry are now in the ministry uh, serving the Lord, all because of being reached through through the uh, ministry there at Victory Baptist Church in Commerce Cove, Texas. Absolutely. And one of the things that, that you pointed out is that the local church and the opportunity to serve God through a lo local church, not only can we talk about the good things that come from being a part of a local church, but you also have to understand that you're, you're adding a good thing and oftentimes you're subtracting bad things from your life. See, it, it, you call it a doctrine of replacement. When you are doing something you know you shouldn't, and you're going to remove that because you know you shouldn't be doing it. Maybe the Holy Spirit of God convicts you. You know you need to stop that. Well, it's, you're never going to last very long if you don't replace it with something good. If you're going to take bad music out of your life, you need to put good music into your life. If you're going to take bad activities out of your life, you need to replace it with something. You can't just lay around your house and, and expect you, you to live the right if you don't purposefully go out and do the right things. And so these soldiers, they took themselves and purposefully, they called and said, hey, I want to get out of this barrack situation and uh, praise God for our United States military, but it's not always the most holy and righteous people that are serving our nation that way. And so the opportunity to remove themselves from that situation and then be influenced by people like Chris McCurry, who at the time, you'd only been saved for how long? Uh, this point, probably three or four years. Three or four years. And, and the point that I'd like to make there is that it doesn't really matter how long you've known Christ. You have the opportunity to be a positive influence on somebody else. You don't have to be some some great um, gray-haired man of God that's been around the Bible and read through it dozens of times to be able to positively influence people. You, you need to stop putting yourself on, on such a low plane and understand that God wants to use you regardless of where you're at. Um, yes, there are some prerequisites. God likes to use clean vessels. God likes to use willing vessels. 
but um, being available is, is one of the greatest uh, greatest opportunities for you in your life. And so we're getting close to the end of the broadcast today for Tuesday, but I'd like to hear from you. If there's any part of this of this broadcast that maybe spoke to you, maybe uh, made you think, hey, I'd like to hear a little bit more about that specific a part of my dad's life. This is a great opportunity for me to relive so many many stories that I've heard from the past, and I hope it's a blessing to you. As we conclude the broadcast, we'll pick it up tomorrow in just a moment. I'd like to tell you, though, very quickly about a, a brand new opportunity that I'd like to invite you to be a part of. You see, I'd like to give you my personal phone number for you to text me if you have a question, if you have a prayer request, if you have a comment, if, you have, uh, if you'd like to order some tracks, you can get a hold of me. That number is this, 309-316-7240. Again, that's 309-316-7240. I'd love to hear from you. We'll talk to you very soon. Have a great day for His glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.